if there's an issue between marketing the business, it's the business's problem. Like yeah. I know what's going on. I'm a marketer. Something's wrong with the business. Hi, I'm Darren Woolley, founder and CEO of Trinity P3 Marketing Management Consultancy, and welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media, and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. From a business perspective, there is often a negative conversation about marketing, from the colouring in department to the black hole of the budget. Survey after survey talk of the dissatisfaction CEOs have with their CMOs, and the industry points to the short tenure of the CMO as a symptom and a cause. But marketing, well executed and well positioned within any organisation, can drive customer-led growth. So why is this misalignment between business and marketing and what can be done about it? To discuss this gap that often exists between marketing and business and share how it can be closed by repositioning brand and comms to an engine of customer-led growth, please welcome to Managing Marketing, the founder of Marketex, Mari Howe. Welcome, Mari. Thanks, Darren, and thanks for having me here. It's a real privilege. Well, look, um, this is actually because I subscribed to your newsletter and you sent through a, uh, a, a, an article that you'd written about the gap that exists. And I'm always interested in gaps because it was one of the reasons I started Trinity P3 in the first place, is I could see a recurring gap between marketers and their agencies that I thought was an opportunity to fill. But, but yours went much deeper to the gap that exists for marketing within many organisations. And I was really interested in wanting to, to delve into this a bit more today. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that particular article was, you know, one of a series that I'd been using to explore um, how, how marketers can take advantage of changes that are going on in the marketplace and the organisation around them to better position themselves to do the job that you know, I believe marketing is there to do, um, which is not the colouring in department. No, and look, I, I used that uh, uh, deliberately in my introduction because I was invited by one of those accounting, big accounting firms to a meeting of CEOs in the city, a breakfast actually, and uh, everyone was talking about growth in terms of sales and I put my hand up and I said, well, what about the role of marketing within your organisation? And one uh, CEO said, oh, the colouring in department. And they all laughed. And I was just absolutely shocked. Now, these were medium-sized businesses, most of them in the B2B space. But I was fascinated by the perception of those CEOs that marketing was somehow being reduced to the colouring in department. And yet, you know, anyone that's worked in marketing and you've made a career as a marketer uh, knows that marketing can have a huge impact on a business when it's properly executed. Um, yeah, you're right, Darren. Um, listening to your talk makes me think about um, the very first time I think I wanted to begin marketing. And I was at university and I remember sitting in a lecture hall and someone was talking about this guy called um, Peter Drucker. And he said, uh, you know, that 
uh, what I mean is Peter Drucker said that the purpose of business is to create and keep a customer and that the, uh, the, the core function of any business is marketing and innovation. Everything else was a cost. And I saw that, I thought, wow. In my mind, you know, marketing was at the front, you know, of the bus, driving the bus. I thought that'd be a great place to spend your career. Um, that wasn't necessarily my experience. As I <laughs> got into my career um, and decades in, I'm thinking, yeah, when do I get to actually drive the bus? And um, But I still had this deep-seated, it, it, it really um, shaped my thinking to the point where I think like a lot of marketers, if there's an issue between marketing the business, it's the business's problem. Like yeah. I know what's going on. I'm a marketer. Something's wrong with the business. Until uh, I had the opportunity of working with a business consultant by hook or by crook came into my orbit and uh, he made it very clear to me. He said, no, the issue isn't with the business. The issue is with marketing and you need to learn how to better connect with the business. Uh, and that was like a lightning bolt. Mm. And it actually changed the trajectory of my career in many ways from then on. Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it, where you know, marketers go into it thinking that they are the solution but in actual fact, most organisations are made up of parts that all have to work together. You know, you could have the best marketing in the world, but if the other elements of the business are not delivering on that, it's largely a wasted effort, isn't it? Yes. And that's the challenge, I think, for marketing. Um, uh, there's, there's, two, there's two challenges. One is, probably other than sales, every other function in the business um, is fairly well-defined um, and inward-looking. Yeah. Um, sales is very much externally looking, but as you've just touched on, marketing looks internally and externally. Um, and not only that, for marketing to be successful, they really can't exist within their own silo. They need to orchestrate something across other departments. So they are fairly unique in that respect. Yeah. Do you think part of the problem is that not a lot of marketers actually make it through to being, you know, the CEO or the COO. I know that's changing. We're starting to see some high-profile marketers make that breakthrough. But do you think it's because marketing per se is not necessarily appreciated by those that occupy the C-suite? Um, so there's a uh, lady by the name of Kimberly Whitler who I mm -hmm. came across a number of years ago. Uh, she's a professor of marketing at uh, the Darden School of Business in Virginia. And she's an ex-CMO, and she writes a lot about this disconnect. Um, I came across her through a couple of um, HBR articles that were published some time ago. Uh, and that, and that, uh, she's one of the few people who uh, take an academic interest in understanding the drivers of this disconnect. And I think you're right. Um, she's interviewed a lot of CEOs um, and a lot of C-suite board members as well to understand that question. And the number one thing that comes out of that is, um, well, there's two things I think that come out of that. One is, you're right, there are very few marketers in those positions. So ipso facto, those leaders do not understand that part of the business. They come up through operations, um, finance, legal, sometimes HR. Um, no, they don't really come up through IT. But I think IT is lucky in the respect that no one knows what they do and they're all very, very much, um, you know, dependent on them um, operationally, which is operations of what they understand. Yeah. Um, marketers are not very good at operations, I don't think. 
uh, not the way the business um, thinks of operations and, and, and so forth. So I think they, um, so there's a natural disconnect there um, that exists. The, the second issue is that unlike other functions, I think you touched on this earlier in this conversation, um, there's an unfair expectation of the CMO. Uh, not only, uh, you know, do, do they not understand marketing and, and maybe what they want from marketing, but there's also an expectation that marketing will fix whatever the problem is. That, and, yet, yeah. and yet, yeah, and, and, uh, and yet, Murray, you know, we know that good marketing can actually exacerbate the problem because we could create demand through marketing that just makes the business's ability to fulfil it even worse. Yes, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you actually make the business fail because it can't actually deliver what you're promising in your marketing. Yes. Do you, I also wonder, though, sometimes whether the language of marketing is not necessarily anchored in business because we are very good as a discipline at coming up with all sorts of terms. Yeah, I know I'm... I'm constantly amazed every time there's some new media opportunity or or, or new uh, distribution channel or whatever, we develop all these new terms for it. Even the fact, you know, talking about brand, you know, whereas in business they talk about reputation. Whether there's a disconnect there that the language of marketing is not necessarily the language of the boardroom. There's a um, piece of research that's old now, 2012, from the Fournays Group in Europe, and um, they're a performance marketing agency, I think. But there, that that research um, hit the headlines because it said eighty percent of CEOs do not trust their CMO uh, as much as they do other members of the C-suite. And if you dig into that statement a bit more, what they said was um, things like they're too disconnected. From the, from, from the way the business works. They use terms that nobody understands, likes and uh, uh, page views and visits and, and, and that sort of language. Yeah, which, vanity metrics. Vanity, yeah, exactly right. Um, and I'd, I'd follow that up with, I don't know if you know Thomas Barter at all, but, yeah. you know, 12 powers of a marketing leader. But he would, you know, he is, I think, very frustrated in that he would say things like, um, you know, marketers are very good at selling externally, so they should be. But they're very bad at selling themselves internally, and you know we'll come up with examples of, um, you know, CMOs rocking up to board meetings, um, showing their strategy to an audience who knows strategy very well, and um, and their strategy really is a plan on a page. It's not actually a strategy. It's a, it's a, it's a list of activities. Yeah. And the fact is that that marketing strategy should be taken straight from the business strategy. Yes. The same objectives the business has should be then reinterpreted into how we're going to deliver that with a marketing plan, shouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I'm just thinking here, there was um, some some other piece of information that, that I think supports that where uh, the, the, the two biggest gaps that businesses or that CMOs see in their teams uh, was uh, brand management and uh, three actually brand management, strategic thinking, and problem solving. Yeah, um, the two biggest things that they valued were uh, brand management, problem solving, and strategic thinking. 
so that yes, there is a gap in um, in marketers. I, I believe there is a gap in marketers' ability to think strategically and solve problems logically, yeah. um, and that's in part due to uh, let's say the the tradeification of marketing over the last 12, 15 years. And what, what I mean by that yeah, is... Yeah, I was going to say tradeification. Well, I like the word, but unpack that. You know, marketers are, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a social media marketer. Right. Um, I'm a digital marketer. I'm an I'm a, I'm a email marketer, you know. Mm. Um, they're not a classically trained, horizontally, you know, business-aligned marketer. Yeah. And so what they know is a lot about a very narrow field of, of expertise. And then they start applying things like strategy to it, which, you know, doesn't make sense. Because to your point, there's only one strategy, and that's the business strategy. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is built on the business objectives. Yes. Which ultimately the function of marketing exists to help with the delivery of that uh, business objective. Trinity P3. Look, it's really interesting because I think even the advertising industry has exacerbated that problem. And and one of my pet peeves is the way strategy has been attached to all the different parts of advertising and communications. You know, I say, if you're talking to a social media strategist, I will bet you a million dollars that they're going to be recommending social media. I've yeah. never met a media strategist that's not recommending some sort of media solution. And, and I think that's the problem is the word strategy has become debased because in most cases they're not strategists, they're actual planners. Their role is to take a strategy and then plan out how that strategy will be executed in any particular discipline. Mm. And yet maybe planning wasn't sexy enough and we had to give everyone a strategy title when in actual fact they're not developing a strategy, they're purely not purely, but you get the point. Mm. Yeah, planning, how does that strategy come to life? You know, I know there was another thing in HBR, about 62, 63% of um, CEOs were saying that, you know, for all this strategy work, most of the time it didn't actually fulfil and the failure was in the execution, you know, that the strategy never actually got planned and executed to fulfil the objectives of the strategy. And I'm wondering if the same thing's happening here, that we're so busy developing strategies that we're not actually very good at planning and executing. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of work. Uh, um, you've pointed to an HBR article about that. So there's a good body of work exploring why that gap exists. Um, I think in respect to marketing, um, my point of view is that from a, from a customer perspective, uh, businesses know where they need to go. Mm. They know the challenge by and large. Um, they know the drivers internally and externally that create the conditions for change. And I would say they are basically a more empowered mobile customer. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, ubiquitous technology in our environment, which disrupts and reshapes everything that we can think of, pretty much. And uh, heightened levels of uncertainty, whether it's political or economic or social. And so as an organisation, they know, okay, here are the things I'm dealing with. I think they are ubiquitous globally. Um, how do I respond to that? And I think the general response is I need to become more adaptive or agile, whatever word you want to put there. Yeah. And I need to become more customer 
centric, experience focused, put of a customer word you want to put in there. So strategically, it's a it's an easy easy solve. Um, executionally, if you look at say marketing functions, um, I think it'd be very unfair to say that marketing don't execute well. Um, if anything, marketing have have foregone the opportunity to contribute strategically um, uh, in favour of execution, especially mm-hmm. digital execution. Yeah. So, so we're very good, good at executing. Um, but the point, but the problem is that we're running very, very hard in one direction, and we've been trimmed down to within an inch of our life, um, people-wise, budget-wise, and that flows onto the agencies as well, to do that job uh, um, as best we can, but in that direction. And when the business says change of direction, uh, if you're a CMO, there's very few people in your marketing organisation that you, that I think you can look to, and in, in your agency organ, in your agency environment that you can look to that says who's going to help me reconfigure what we need to look like now in order to be good at this new thing. And I think that's a operational gap at the functional level. So strategy. Your, your strategy to execution gap, I think, is is a operations question in the in the marketing space. And I use marketing in a broad sense, you know, marketing, digital, yeah. product, maybe even sales. But in that space, the operating environment needs to change. You just can't tell a football team to become a soccer team mm. without changing something fundamentally. It's interesting, for, you know, what you're saying makes me uh, reflect on the fact that the number of times we've seen the CMO role get redefined as the chief customer officer, you know, yeah. that, that somehow to move it beyond marketing to, you know, a focus on what's the customer's interaction. And yet with the change of title, often there's not the same uh, change in the breadth of uh, 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 responsibility or authority. And a, a prime example of that was uh, a, a client we're working with and the areas that they had no control over was digital so all the owned media on the website was beyond their remit the call center both inbound and outbound a huge area of customer you know interaction and possible dissatisfaction when we really looked at it for this particular financial services client they had chief customer officer and still only had the two levers of really paid Paid media and and some comms. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a total misalignment of what the title suggested and what was actually available to them. I would say that is because we are in a period of great experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, to build on what I mentioned earlier, organisations. If I was to be. Uh, a, a generalist in my in my observation, organisations are, are trying to reconfigure themselves and learn how to be great at being adaptive and being more customer focused. There's a shift, I think, from uh, how how we're viewing success. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, th- and that's a shift from viewing success in terms of product sales and distribution. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair thing yeah. to say. Um, but the new the, the new view of success is anchored more in things like experience and utility. Yeah, we just expect distribution. You can get product anywhere in the world, 
right? You can get it delivered anywhere in the world. So that's product and distribution taken care of. Um, we don't care about that anymore. What we care about is, you know, how it makes me feel, um, uh, uh, the, the context in which I'm going to engage with it. Have you thought about, you know, they're new things yeah. that um, only the, the, the exemplars amongst us are showing us uh, the way. So the rest of us, the long tail of us, are busy trying to reconfigure uh, themselves around that. And, um, you know, the, the, the saying that comes to my mind in respect to marketing, I think, is if I'm a CEO, I go, you know what, marketing is really important. I just don't think the marketing I've got is it. Mm. So I'm going to experiment. Um, call it a chief revenue officer, chief growth officer, chief member officer, chief customer officer. But I don't know what that looks like. And I'm probably dealing with other political issues. You know, maybe I'm friends with the call centre, you know, executive or, the, or someone like that. And I don't want to take that away from them just yet. Mm. So the... Then we end up with it, with those situations like you've just described a, a, a CCO without the levers of, or you know, all the customer value chain. Yeah, and the customer, you know, all the customer experience touch points. Yes. You know, how are you going to get consistency? Except there is an opportunity, and it's an opportunity that um, that I find interesting. You've heard of the ninety day plan. Yeah. Right, you know, the, when a senior executive comes into a position, they've got basically 90 days. You know, the first 30 days is to understand the lay of the land, develop a perspective. The next 30 days is for them to then start to formalise a, a, a strategy and to then socialise it and then present it at 90 days. Mm-hmm. It's interesting from my perspective when I've had conversations with marketers, only a handful of them are actually aware of that 90-day plan. I was, it's really interesting because I think it's so valuable for any leader in a business, but particularly for marketers, to your point that you made earlier, which is really marketing effectiveness is not just building vertical influence from marketing up to the C-suite and the board, but horizontal across all the other operational areas that you talked about earlier. So, so when I hear you say that, my mind goes to the topic of um, agile. Mm-hmm. Now, for marketers, I think you know agile has a real mixed flavor in terms of how we experience it. Um, but the reason why I call that out is to to flesh out the disconnect that that I think you're pointing to, which is um, that what I hear you saying is that marketing, the marketing operating rhythm is somewhat disconnected from the business operating rhythm mm. because businesses operate on a quarterly basis, especially if you're a public company. Mm. That drives the annual operating um, rhythm of that business. Even if you're not a public company, you know, um, uh, we are broken down by, by quarters. Um, and so if you look at some of the, and borrow some of those principles of Agile, what I start to think about is how do we better connect the the direction and the rhythm of the business through at an annual level or even at a three or five year horizon level down to the the daily, weekly, fortnightly, ninety day activities within marketing mm. and the functions that marketing depends on to do their job. Um, that's something that I don't think many people think about. Trinity P three. Now, 
just to change the focus here, because a lot of what we're talking about is exactly the work you've been doing with Markitex, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you founded this. Where was the opportunity or what was the inspiration? Did you see a gap or, or, or was it really a, an opportunity that just presented itself? No, I mean, for me, it's been a, a smouldering fire for a long time and I wasn't quite sure you know, how, to, how to describe it or put my finger on it. Um, you know, it comes back, really, it comes back to the, to the start of this conversation um, of that disconnect between my expectations when I left uni and my experience throughout my career. There's this underlying disconnect of something wrong here. Um, is it me or you, you know? Um, it depends on who you spoke to, <laughs> the pants you got. But uh, certainly in my last client side, um, you know, experience, I got to, you know, work in a large, very large marketing function, very large budgets, very complicated um, organisation from a marketing perspective, lots of brands, lots of channels and business units. And so I could see uh, really the, the role that digital in particular, beyond you know, Facebooks and, and display ads were, was going to play in changing the role that marketing was going to have in the organisation. So yeah. that, that's insight number one. The role of marketing in the organisation, I felt, was changing. Um, to what? I wasn't quite sure. Um, and then I wanted to get a lot deeper into that and I ended up you know, working for Adobe for about five years and... That gave me a good opportunity not only to work in a very different industry but to deep dive in an organisation that I felt was putting their money where their mouth was in terms of what did they think the future marketing organisation was going to look like because they were going to provide the, you know, like Salesforce and others, the provide the tools the infrastructure. to fuel it. So that was really interesting. But through that experience, what I found was that when you make an investment in things like a marketing or a, a, a technology platform, you're really, whether you realise it or not, you're triggering a, an opportunity to, to, to drive transformation. Mm -hmm. Because Adobe isn't building products for yesterday. They're building them for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so inevitably, this thing that you buy and implement exposes legacy on behalf of the client. Yeah, there's some tech legacy and stuff, but I'm talking more about operating legacy, people, yeah. process, reputation, perception in the organisation to, to do the things that this investment allows you to now do. Yeah. So I could see that, but as a vendor, um, you know, couldn't really do anything about it. So the Markitex, you know, if I combine that insight with, you know, my, my previous experience and, and those observations, the Markitex is really a vehicle for me to expose that and work with clients to try and resolve those gaps and reposition marketing closer to what I guess what you could say is the business bottom line. Mm. Um, and that's really through two doors, you know, that first door that we've been talking about, which is uh, does marketing deliver what the business needs from marketing and how do we define that? And, and are we set up to do those things? And the second is more is more, uh, I guess, pragmatic. Um, I've bought a bunch of stuff. How do we make sure that we can actually deliver on what we've promised? 
Yeah, it's interesting that second one is one that we often lands with us. You know, um, marketers will come to us and go, well, we've got this platform, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to come to terms with how we're going to use it. We don't even know where to begin with our agencies and how they right. will then interface into that, which is yeah. which is always an interesting um, uh, interesting project because, to your point, every organisation has legacy, legacy processes, legacy philosophies, attitudes, yeah. whatever. Um, then you add in the agencies. Now agencies are quite adaptable. To your point, you know they'll they'll shape themselves, but they'll still come with a attitude or a a philosophy about how they want to work with the client compared to how the client wants to work with them. Trinity P3. The other thing I, I just wanted to pick up on, Murray, is we talk about marketing as if it's a single discipline. Um, and, you know, if, if Mark Ritson was here, he'd tell us, well, there's a marketing process that's, you know, tried and tested over decades. But in actual fact, marketing does exist very differently. You know, your experience, your career has been a lot in uh, financial services and tech where the marketing is direct with the customer. You know, there's that very close interface. But then we've got consumer packaged goods where it's a totally different sort of uh, marketing approach because it's about customers and consumers and the two are quite different. Mm. You know, do you, do you find differences as you're working with getting the organisation to really define what marketing is in the first place? Because I could imagine there'd be some organisations where they'd say, we're very happy for them to be the promotions department. And then others where there'd be an expectation that they would be involved in sales and promotions and and uh, and product and, and pricing and all those up, you know, that what's the other P's of, yeah. of marketing? Is that is that a great variation that you said? Yeah, absolutely. And in a lot of my engagements, I do need to touch on that, um, and even defining customer yeah. and, and language. Um, and I, I think it goes back, and I mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, when when Peter Drucker said what he said, they weren't marketing departments. Marketing departments, I think, is a nineteen eighties thing that's evolved from there. Uh, you might have had the advertising manager prior yeah. to that, yeah, true. but. But when he said what he said, i.e. the purpose of business, um, I think he meant that as marketing as a verb. It's a thing we do, not a noun. To market. To market. Mm. If you're not in business to sell something or to provide value to someone, what what are you? Mm. Um, And I think that's the challenge for marketers in that we, we exist both as a verb which is the role of the business, so everyone's a marketer, which is probably why the CEO has an opinion about your ad. Um, but it's also a noun in that it's a function, it's a department. Um, and customer, this shift to customer experience, mm. which is very much a horizontal rather than vertical relationship with an organisation, breaks barriers whether the, uh, across functions, whether the business likes it or not. And that's the challenge that we face ourselves in, which is if we want to become more customer-centric, experience-focused, things like that, then um, what is marketing's role in that? How do you split the function of marketing from digital or from call center? And that's why we're experimenting with customer officer. It's, it's to, that's really a, an effort in breaking down silos. 
Um, so yes, um, uh, when I speak to clients about marketing, I I'm at pains to get on the same page about the verb of marketing versus yeah. the noun, and what what reasonably can we can we uh, wrap up or wrap our arms around um, in our engagement mm. and call marketing. Yeah. Whether yeah. Yeah, I just find it interesting, yeah. And we haven't, well, I think we've touched on sales, you know, the role of sales and marketing because there's often quite a lot of tension in there, especially in B2B marketing, you know, that often in an organisation sales will lead the customer relationship and marketing is a support, whereas other organisations as they move more to e-commerce and, and technology such as Adobe allows marketing to actually build those and manage those relationships, which impinges on the traditional role of sales of building the relationship. It, it, it sets up quite an interesting tension for organisations, particularly if they're locked into their traditional sort of roles and responsibilities there. There's no doubt, I think, for a long time, especially um, uh, marketing vis-a-vis digital, that, you know, if I put my marketer's hat on, my traditional marketing hat, that a digital was something that happened over there. Yeah. And I might need to apportion part of my budget to it, but that's as far as I, I thought about it. Um, uh, that's changing a lot. Now, structure still might get in the way of that, and so you find uh, people in digital sales or e-commerce or whatever you want to call it, um, and people in marketing working around organisational structure to deliver on on that customer experience. Mm. Um, you know how how can you at what point in in the customer's journey on the website do you hand over from marketing to sales or marketing <laughs> on the, to digital on the funnel? Yeah, yeah I mean it, it's it's just not practical. They are two they are two sides of the same coin. I remember um, someone sharing with me their perspective on the roles of each. They said the role of marketing is to maximise margin. The role of sales is to maximise volume. And if you think of it as two parts, two sides of a coin, if both are doing their job well, you can get volume at high margin. I think the danger we often see where marketing is taking on the role of sales is that they start sacrificing margin to get volume. And that's where we get these short-term tactical, you know, price reduction, added value, um, that compromises the overall, which is um, Drucker was talking about profitability. Mm. You need both of those to be profitable. I wonder whether um, you know, the decision to, to you know, go price-led, which is really a, a margin play, it is, is something that's driven by the marketer or um, it's been driven very loudly from the product team. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably the latter. Yeah, just get it out the door. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Murray, it's been a great uh, conversation. Time's just absolutely got away from us. But uh, really appreciate you uh, making time and coming and chatting about that gap or mis... I, I think it's... Is it a gap or a misalignment? It's probably a misalignment. Yeah, between business and marketing, and really value your perspective. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, a question before you go, and that is, when you see companies really struggling with marketing, 
Is there any particular attribute about those that you can sort of spot at a mile away? Thank you.